Welcome to the James Cancer Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and today our guest is Katie McCurdy. Katie is the chef manager of the Block Cafe, which is located on the 14th floor of the James Cancer Hospital, and it serves tasty and healthy meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Several of our previous guests, many of our James doctors and scientists, have talked about the importance of a healthy plant-based diet and how this helps the body's immune system fight infection and disease and cancer. But it can be difficult to eat a plant-based diet in our fast-paced, takeout, burger and pizza kind of world. So Katie is here to help us and fill us in on how to eat healthier and tastier and not break the bank. Welcome, Katie. Thank you for having me. Well, we're glad you're here to fill us in and make this our first foodie episode of the podcast. I know. I'm really excited. Well, let's start off. Tell us a little bit about the Block Cafe. I'm sure a lot of people haven't been up there. It's a beautiful cafe on the 14th floor with it, with an outdoor patio and, and really delicious meals. What's your sort of your philosophy and your menu and some of the, your favorite things that, that people like there? Definitely. Um, so what we try to do is really um, bring food just to the general population, but in a different way. We want them to enjoy every moment of the food that they eat. And so we really try to do as much as we can from scratch in-house and we have, like you had said, the gardens outside. So we use the fresh herbs and some produce that we can get from the gardens throughout um, the seasons. Oh, I didn't. You actually grow herbs right outside the yeah. door? Oh, I mm-hmm. just know that you can eat out there. I didn't really realize you're growing herbs out there. Yeah. But um, we utilize the garden beds pretty much up until it frosts us out when we get um, all kinds of herbs. So cilantro, thyme, parsley. So you use as many uh, healthy, natural yeah, definitely. plants as you can? We definitely do. And then um, we try to build our menu that we offer um, around seasonality. And um, the American Institute of Cancer Research recommends uh, incorporating these top 25 ingredients um, that they're utilizing in finding uh, compounds that help fight cancer. Give us a sense of what's on that list of the 25 um, most important ingredients, healthiest ingredients. Yeah, definitely. Um, The biggest thing is the dark leafy greens. Um, We should all be getting three servings of dark green Um, leafy vegetables a day. So is that one item on the list? So that would include like kale, spinach? Exactly. Okay, dark leafy greens are key. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kale, spinach, like you said, um, collard greens, Swiss chard. Uh, those are all things that can go late in the season, like towards frosty fall time. And so they have a long longevity. Um, we also have there's like a berries are definitely recommended, um, nuts and seeds, carrots, cherries. And that's what I can think of off the top okay. of my yeah, head. Yeah, it's hard to remember. It's a, it. Yeah. So it's, it's predominantly the, all the fruits and vegetables. It's all fruits and vegetables, and whole nuts, grains, beans. and nuts and seeds. Yeah. Okay. So instead of saying six kind of beans, it's just beans. Yes. Or, okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, and then how do you then get all these ingredients? So we use a local purveyor, and thankfully they're very... Um, transparent about what's local, what's not. And some things we can't get local, um, but we do our best to try to eat and serve as much local, organic, sustainable foods as possible, which local is within 100 miles or within the state. Okay. So, um, and 
technically, which most people don't know, you could buy a cow from Wyoming and then bring it to Ohio. And if you butchered it in Ohio, it is That's considered local. local. Okay. So there are a lot of loopholes. Probably not many people do that. But no, maybe restaurants not. could do that. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> So there's, um, you know, there are definitely loopholes, but I think it's good for us to understand, you know, the the terms wrapped around our food, you know, local, sustainable. Um, what do those things all mean? And you Ooh, know. what do they all mean? Yeah, <laughs> let, let's start with. Um, uh, well, you did explain local. Local is a yes. hundred miles or within state. Mm-hmm. And what is sustainable? So sustainable just looks at the practices that the business or company would utilize to get that. Um, food item to you. Um, You know, I'm sure that most of our listeners probably are aware that um, fish is a hot button topic as far as overfishing and and where we're getting our fish. Um, But when you look at sustainability, you're looking at like, is this a business model that's putting fish back and and, um, they essentially will have practices in place that will help replenish the fish that they're taking from either the sea or if it's a, a sustainable farming method, then, you know, what? where's the waste going? And, of course, sustainable is important because if it's not sustainable, then it runs out. Right, exactly. <laughs> seasonal is another thing we'd hear about. And obviously, you know, through the, the four seasons, different things are grown locally. What do you do here in central Ohio or wherever you live if, like, you, there are no bananas grown here ever? Right. So how do you you know be as as seasonal as you can in a in an area where not everything grows what do you do well i think it's unrealistic for us to say like i eat completely seasonal and i'm a locavore and i think that we need to be honest about the fact that you know we're trying to get more variety of plants into our body right for the nutrient density There are lots of tables and charts and anything that you can look up that will show you the seasonal things in your area and when they grow, when they are freshest, and then just go to your farmer's market. Whatever's available there, it's fresh, it's local, and it's seasonal. So you're not going to see anything at the farmer's market that wasn't just grown Um, and then, of course, in the winter, a lot of the times those things go away. So I think the biggest thing is to just go into the grocery store and buy what looks best. And typically, the things that are seasonal are going to be the cheapest um, at that time because there's an abundance of them and they're trying to get rid of those. They're things. seasonal somewhere else. Mm-hmm. OK, so if in California, Mexico or somewhere else and so they're, they're seasonal um, here, there? Here. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you meant in the winter when you're trying to buy things that just aren't grown here in the winter. Well, there are some things that you can get later into the winter um, through greenhouses and whatnot here. So oh, okay. farmers That's... and whatnot will do some greenhouse farming, like so... tomatoes can run later and um, those green leafy vegetables can run super late in hoop houses and things like that. And so with that... A lot of the times when they're pushing those foods and those, that produce into the supermarket, um, since they're pushing bulk amounts of that, those products will be cheaper uh, okay. because they're trying to, you know, those are, they're available, you know, and it's, it's typically if it's not available, they're going to be more expensive. So what about frozen or canned for things that just, you know, you just can't, are totally out of season? Is that okay? Do you get the same 
nutrients and value? Well, I think there's kind of a hierarchy of things that we need to consider. Um, If you can eat fresh, eat fresh. Um, If you can't eat fresh, then get frozen because a lot of the times – the frozen vegetables that we see in the store have been, um, you'll see on the packages, it'll say IQF, which is individually quick frozen. And that means that everything's essentially like laid out and then like flash frozen super fast. So it's typically picked at the height of its um, freshness and then frozen really fast. So that retains the nutrient density and then it's packaged and sent out. Try to get fresh. That's the best. Frozen is a great alternative. And, and you I, still I get never your... heard of that IQF. I'm going to start looking for that. Okay, so fresh, frozen with the IQF mm-hmm. symbol on it. Mm-hmm. And then... And then canned. after that, canned, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think canned definitely has its place. You know, beans are something that we all should be incorporating at least one serving of in our diet every day if we can. Another couple terms are uh, raw, natural, processed, and organic. You hear those tossed around. Like, r- run through those and explain what they are. Yeah, definitely. So organic is a like certification. So farms that are organic or meat that is organic has to meet certain standards. Um, typically, they're free of pesticides and they operate on more of a sustainable uh, small farm sort of values, like um, not using like chemical fertilizers and things like that would be uh, big indicators of organic or not utilizing hormones for the meat. Right. Um, those are things that would... Um, go into your meat when you're looking at organic. Um, And then natural, the thing with natural is that it doesn't mean anything. There are no standards set (laughs) to natural. It's like a feel-good term. So you can go to the grocery store and feel like you're, you know, eating better, but... You're really not. There's nothing that no standard was set. Every fruit and vegetable is natural. Exactly. Uh, okay. but, th- but they put that on the label to make it sound more attractive somehow? Yeah, it was, I think, a big thing when the organic movement really started and took root. Um, grocery stores were, kind. I think, kind of like, well, how do we you know, get in or how do we you know, satisfy this like niche market? And so I think the way that they did that was like, this is natural. And like you said... Tomatoes are natural. <laughs> all the plants and things, those are all natural things. So, um, you know, I I think being aware of, like we said, what they mean or don't mean, it, it can have a big impact on what we're doing. Now, how about processed foods? We always hear about how processed foods are not as healthy for you. And why is that? Well, I think we have to understand what processed food really we're talking about. So I... I would hope that we can all look at a bag of chips and know that, yes, that was processed um, and then understand the component. They're not natural. Right. (laughs) Well, they are natural, actually, but (laughs) most of the time. But it's like the stuff that's added to it. So the big thing that you need to look at with processing, because, I mean, you could take your tomatoes out in your garden and can them in a nice homemade pasta sauce, and that is processing. So you have now processed your tomatoes. So processed is a very loose term when we're talking about, um, you know, what goes in. Almost all food is processed. Um, But when we're talking about processed foods that are bad for you, I think the thing that we need to really grasp is the ultra processed foods that, you know, like even bread, sandwich bread. Right. um, You know, that grain has been typically harvested and then 
parts of it have been taken out and then you, um, you know, mill it, you mill it down, take, and then you bleach it and then it gets, and then you might reconstitute it with things that it's lost in that process. So it goes through a long process and then we make bread. And they add stuff to and it. And then they add a bunch of stuff yeah. to it. And so I think the best thing that you can do to understand, you know, your processed food is just that really simple trick of going to the grocery store and looking at the ingredient label and can I pronounce these things? Do I know what this is? And if I don't know what it is, then why would I want to eat it? You know, there's a lot of that. And I think that's really the thing that we need to uh, think about when we're talking about processed foods. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Katie to talk more about how you can eat healthy. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At The James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. We're back with Katie McCurdy. Katie is the chef manager of the Block Cafe, and we're talking about ways that you can eat healthier. And and one thing we we haven't mentioned, which is very important, is the way you cook food. Yes, yes. Cooking food in and of itself is definitely an art. That's why we call it the culinary (laughs) arts. Um, But there are different ways to maximize the nutrients that you get out of your fruits and vegetables. So... Um, You know, like one terminology that we didn't hit on the first part was like raw foods, which obviously you're going to get the most, you know, nutrient density from your raw Raw, foods. Like a raw apple, a raw tomato. Exactly. And And different food pairings that are really great, like um, spinach. You can get more iron out of your spinach, iron absorption in your body if you pair it with like citrus. So a lot of people will put like lemon, like lemon vinaigrettes on um, spinach salads, things like that. Thank, um, and thank goodness lemon tastes good on spinach. I know. Like, how could you? Yeah, so that's a perfect pairing, taste and health. I, exactly. I never knew that. I know. Yeah. So right. things that have iron, which are the green leafy vegetables, mm-hmm. lemon makes them taste. It makes it the iron absorb into your body better. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's a great tip. Yeah, okay. and you can use oranges too. Some people uh, will throw some mandarin oranges in their salad, and that's a great way to combine that. Um, but then you can also go into, you know, roasting things and can bring out different flavors of your vegetable. So roasting is like a high heat. I think when we roast stuff in the restaurant, it's like 450 to 475 degrees for, you know, a shorter amount of time. Um, and then like if you're going oh, that, into. That's a great tip because I didn't know that. I, I use a lower temp, like 400 degrees mm-hmm. for much longer. So that's a great tip. I'm going to try that. So 450 to 475 shorter amount of time. Yeah. And, and if you and that like. retains a lot of the nutrients. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I think too with uh, Brussels, like say like Brussels sprouts are really kind of making a comeback as yeah. far as being popular on restaurant menus. And we do a lot of roasting of like Brussels sprout halves, which those take a little bit more time because they're denser. So you might need to utilize a small, like a lower temperature, like 425 for um, 20 minutes maybe. But if they're shaped Brussels sprouts, which you can either get them pre-shaved or you can just take them on a mandolin or you can just chop them really thinly. There's no need for like special tools if you don't have them. If you just have a knife, you can make it work. Um, but if you cut, 
cut them down, toss them in a little oil, salt and pepper, and you can roast them, like I said, at that high temperature for a shorter amount of time, and they get that crispiness that's yeah. just, it's just perfect. It's like they caramelize. Yes, yeah. I love the caramelization of yeah. roasting. I would roast <laughs> everything if you let me. Okay. <laughs> I want to see you roast a grapefruit. Okay. Uh, maybe, well, not. maybe not that. Yeah, so, but you can brulee it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, oh, that, that's the um, flame, yeah, the torch. the okay. torch. You can, people will put sugar on it and so do that. So roasting is a very healthy way to cook things. Mm-hmm. Uh, sauteing right that's also good if you yeah yeah sautéing's pretty good and something that's uh real a really great trick for minimizing oil in your diet is um just water sautéing i think a lot of the times we get into our habits and we think we have to sauté with oil and butter Um, but if you just put a little water in your pan um you can just sauté like normal that's a great because but I, I don't use butter because obviously that's not good for you. But I use olive oil. But that's a, I'm going to try that. So if you saute whatever vegetables um, in water, as you get close to them being finished, do you then add a little olive oil? Um, you can. You can add a little olive oil if you want, or um, or you can just leave it out too. Um, there's also and- avocado oil is a different you know plant based oil that you could try. Um, But really, I think the point of more of the plant-based diets is to kind of um, eat whole fatty foods versus like utilizing the oil that's been separated from, you know, the olives. So, for example, like we're talking about the the olive oil is separated from the olives. So it's not you're not getting the whole olive. And with all these all these packaged foods you get, for example, when you eat an orange you get the fiber from the orange as well as the sugar that comes with it that helps stabilize blood sugars and all of those things, which is why they don't really recommend that you drink a bunch of orange juice or fruit juices is you're missing a lot of the other compounds and things that get left by the wayside when you separate that out. And so it's kind of a similar process when you're thinking about oils and plant-based eating and living is to minimize the oil consumption um, because we do we put oil in a lot of stuff now and that that teaspoon adds up. I know that I use way too much olive oil, and so I'm going to now cut <laughs> down think, and use water. I think we all just do. A, yeah. So okay, that's a great tip. And um, how about boiling vegetables? So you can definitely boil vegetables. Um, you know, we had talked about steaming vegetables as being a better alternative because you kind of lose a lot of the nutrients to the water. When you that, boil, when the you nutrients boil. go into the water, right? Exactly. Okay. But you know what's a great way to maximize the usage of all of the things that get lost in that is to then use that in um, that water in a stock or in a soup. So say you wanted to boil your broccoli. Um, just boil your broccoli, and then if you're not going to make the soup, then make some broccoli soup or cream of broccoli soup or broccoli cheddar soup or just some sort of soup utilizing that broth that you just boiled your vegetables in. So don't just toss it down the drain because you're tossing valuable nutrients down the drain right. when you do that. But boiling, they don't taste as good, do they? They as, don't really, As roasting don't or sautéing. Yeah. So that, yeah, so that's more – okay. So that's sort of the the lower on the the spectrum of things you should use. Yeah, definitely. So roasting, sautéing, and steaming are all good. Mm -hmm. Boiling, perhaps not as much, unless you definitely have plans for that stock or liquid. Yeah. 
Definitely. And I mean, there are a ton of other methods and um, you could get into braising, which is a lot of times what you do when you cook meats. But you can do that with vegetables, too. But just I think the biggest thing to remember is that the longer you cook something, the more nutrients you're probably going to cook out of it. Give us some recipes, some tips, some way, some of the things that, that are popular that you like to cook. You know, what I try to do when we look at uh, menus and recipes is I try to like make them plant centered. So like what veggies am I packing in here? Because I think like, you know, that's the most important thing for us to do. So one of the fun things we tried on this past menu cycle was a um, cauliflower lentil. Um, so it's actually a buffalo cauliflower lentil sloppy joe. I saw that on the menu. That sounds interesting. So it's very good. So essentially, I mean, a, a lot of people... I think they think these things are difficult to do, but lentils don't take long to cook. So you just take your traditional lentils and um, you, you can use canned tomatoes. You can use fresh tomatoes. Um, we use a canned tomato and some buffalo sauce and we mix the two of them together and we roast off some cauliflower and break it down. And then we mix all of it together and the lentils kind of absorb that extra um, sauce as it like sits. And then we top it with, it gets a little bit of gorgonzola cheese and tomatoes on a bun. And I mean, I eat it without the bun too. It's really good. And and cauliflower has become one of my go-to. And roasted, it's delicious. I know. I do love roasting cauliflower. Like I said, I would roast everything. I love roasted butternut (laughs) squash. Um, But I think, you know, another thing that I think is fun too is to think about toppings that you might not have thought about putting on a salad and then just trying it, you know, so like one of the salads we have right now is a, um, it's got a organic green base and some roasted butternut squash. And, you know, we don't add spices to it. We just roast it off really simple. And then we have a maple vinaigrette made with like a local Ohio maple syrup. And, um, and then it gets topped with like a granola. So, I mean, I don't typically see people putting granola on it, but it's a nice way to get like a different crunch onto your salad and you can mix seeds in there. You know what? It's fun. It's fun to play with your food. So I think it's really cool to just try different things. Like I'll just look at like the array of food out and I'll be like, what am I putting on my salad today? I'm a little hesitant to use the word gourmet because that kind of intimidates people. But I think what you do is gourmet, but you're showing that it's not that difficult to be a gourmet chef and that that term just means preparing uh, good foods the right way. Yeah, definitely. We want everyone to feel like they could be a gourmet chef at home. You know, it's not it really isn't difficult. It is just about being creative. And, you know, there are times where I've put things on a menu and I didn't like how they turned out. And I mean, it, it doesn't mean that someone didn't like it. It's just that it was I wasn't really feeling it after a little while or, you know, and so we'll scrap it and we'll start over. But, you know, that's no different than what you would do at home in your own kitchen. You just try it. And if you don't like it, then you don't make it again. Yeah, and sometimes you go through phases where it's like, oh, I love sweet potatoes. And for a month, it's like every other meal has sweet potatoes. And then, (laughs) all right, enough sweet potatoes, I'm going to switch to something else. Yeah, definitely. But I think also, too, we have to think about the ways to utilize things in different ways. So, you know, making instead of making just your regular chili, you know, we put pumpkin in the chili. So that's a really cool way to make a different flavor pop and bring 
a seasonal vegetable into something that people wouldn't think about it being in and add a, add a vegetable to something that may not have a vegetable exactly and i mean i'm not really one that feels like you need to hide it in there like you do with your three-year-old yeah. and you know you're like i hope that he doesn't see this green thing i chopped up in there but i think that it's a great way to maximize the potential of our food and then also you get to understand more of the pra- flavor profiles that way as you try new things with different stuff so i mean like say you want to make your own hummus from home hummus we have as a staple and it's um, literally just canned chickpeas you can get tahini which is sesame paste from the grocery store or you could leave it out you know you really don't have to have the tahini to make the hummus so um, and that eliminates a processed food from the the recipe right exactly tahini in the supermarket is processed it's processed and it's oily it's kind of fatty and so you can just use some of the brine from the chickpeas to kind of thin it out if you want and then just puree it and you know add something different to that like if you're tired of sweet potatoes but you know maybe you need to get rid of them then add your sweet potatoes into it add some maple syrup and a dash of cinnamon and you got a really sweet dip there for your you know tortilla chips or something different to try that's a great idea Mm -hmm. well let's end i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot and say what is or tell us what is your favorite vegetable Oh, my favorite vegetable. And it it probably changes every few months. But right now, what is your favorite vegetable? Oh, right now, what is my favorite vegetable? Can I give you a group? I like, I'm all about squash right now. Okay. Like, I just love butternut squash and the different kinds of like pumpkins because you know those heirloom pumpkins have been super big in the last like the ones year. That, are, that look scary and intimidating yes you, you, okay i picked but up not, this right? cool warty <laughs> green one at <laughs> yeah. the grocery store not too long ago and i was like i gotta save the seeds from these because this is awesome and i just love roasting them and then seeing what their flavor is like because they're all so unique and different and like you can use every part of it other than the skin and I mean you can compost the skin but you could save the seeds toast the seeds or save them for planting the next year and then eat the flesh of it and it's just it's just so good I've been eating a lot of spaghetti squash lately and Mm. you use it it literally is spaghetti yeah and you can use it instead of pasta yeah those empty calories of pasta are replaced by something very nutrient dense Yeah. yeah so you can put like uh, meat sauce on top of that and it's it turns it into a somewhat healthy meal yeah we're gonna do that on the next menu cycle <laughs> oh, really? yeah oh, when, oh i'm coming over for that good deal okay well thanks thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing all this great tips and advice thank you thank you so much for having me it's been so great to share this podcast is brought to you by the ohio state university comprehensive cancer center arthur g james cancer hospital and richard j solov research institute for more information check out our website cancer.osu.edu.